Hey everybody, it's your old pal Andrew. Just wanted to give you the skinny on what the heck Patreon is. Maybe you've seen it in the episode descriptions. Maybe you've heard me talking about it. Maybe you've heard other podcasters talking about it. What the heck is Patreon? Patreon is a community for creators. That's it. it you know, whether it is artists, people making podcasts, people making videos, uh, a, a way to connect with people through their discords. It is just an avenue for you to support the creators that you love. So, for instance, us here, Good Talk Studios, we have four podcasts on the Patreon. Bonus episodes of The Gentleman Overlords, where me, Max, and Robert talk about stuff that we didn't talk about on the main podcast. So, for instance, we did an entire rundown of Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, Marvel's What If, Hawkeye. Uh, We're currently doing The Book of Boba Fett. We've also done episodes where we played games. We've done episodes where we broke down other stuff. Over 50 bonus episodes of Gentleman Overlords over there. Bonus episodes of Throwback to School. Liza and I have played games there. We've we've caught up. We've talked about stuff that is not topical for a throwback podcast. Uh, We have The Ring Rant with me and Dr. Wally, where we have over 100 episodes of us talking about horrible TNA (laughs) pay-per-views and a WCW pay-per-view here and there and things like that it's just us breaking down some wrestling shows and having fun and then recently we've added nerd dumb plus nerd dumb plus which is me and taylor just shooting the shit we found that we were having great bits before and after shows and what it was getting lost to the ether so now we put it on patreon so these are all available to you for five dollars a month that is a cup of coffee a month and you get all these bonus episodes Usually two a week, sometimes one, sometimes three. Usually two. So get that for $5 a month. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Good Talk Studio. And again, just five bucks a month or $1 a month. You get one podcast a month and you get to support a great cause, us. Anyways, thank you so much and enjoy today's episode. Get married with us, your favorite podcast hosts from Direct to School, the podcast where we review things we liked in high school and we're like, you want to get married or not to that thing, you know? And you're Ten getting years and, later. And listeners, you're getting married to us this episode. <laughs> to both of us. To both of us. Yes. What a, what a, a woke marriage mm-hmm. that is. We are polyamorous. Is that is that the sure cool? I think that's, that's right. That's the thing. I hope I didn't uh, just take over the identity of something that is not what it meant and uh, whatever. Anyway, uh, you know us. We're your podcast host. Where we're clueless about everything. Yeah, we and talk your about. new husband and wife. <laughs> welcome, welcome, Andrew. Welcome, Liza. Does that mean we're married to each other if we're marrying the same person? Uh, that's a great question. I have Ooh. no idea. Um, you're going to have to talk to a lawyer. <laughs> a, a polyamorous A polyamorous law. lawyer. Yeah. Somebody who practices a lot of law, I think what that would be, including how many people are married to each other sort of thing. I don't, 
I, I'm not a lawyer. Sounds like a math problem more than anything. If you're married to three people and each of them are married to one another, does I, that mean? I truly was so horrible at math in college. So like that's why I kind of dropped out is I'm terrible at math. So I, I don't know. But out of the two of us, you're the one that's married now. So I feel like that mm, tells us everything. Until this episode life. comes out and then we're all married. Who would be our officiant? Who's the officiant? Well, we have about... a sheriff and we have a mayor. Mm -hmm. Can any of those be our officiant? I think so. I mean, like, uh, I guess they're both like, hmm, are they both like ordained as elected officials? Like, like it comes with the package. But also, don't they both listen? So aren't they also both married to us? Uh, uh, awkward. Uh -oh, oh boy. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about weddings today. Yeah, we're talking about weddings Mainly, for a specific reason. What happens at weddings, which is entertainment. Mm -hmm. What kind this, of what entertainment, yeah. Andrew? A s singing. <gasps> singing? Yeah, a lot of people go to weddings for entertainment. Specifically. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not for the couple. I want to see what kind of show they're going to put on. Oh, yeah. Especially if it's live music. Especially if it's the Sandman singing. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> the Wedding Singer. Yes, 1998. Right. 98. Comedy movie, movie with, with Adam, Sandler. Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. Mm -hmm. Youthful <clears throat> Drew Barrymore. Yep. A bunch of the Sandman's pals show up in of this. Of course. Uh, the classics. Alan Covort and I think Dante. I forget Dante's last name, but he's like briefly in it. Uh, he's the guy mm -hmm. who's like, oh, this is weird when uh, Alexis Arquette is singing at the oh, first wedding. Of course. Um, Kevin Nelson, I think. Nealon. Kevin no, Nealon. Kevin Nealon yeah. is also in a few of them. Briefly in it, yeah. Uh, John Lovitz, also famously in this movie. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, as, a, as an opposing wedding singer. Oh, right. Here we go. I was like. Which one is John Lovitz again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Just an insane scene that he's in. <laughs> he always plays the insane. He's, so. I mean, he's so good at it, and like yeah. I can, I can like almost recite that scene word for word just because of him <laughs> in it. Yeah. And you know, we can get to more of the movie, but like the scene, the part in the scene where you know Adam Sandler's having a break, like a meltdown, an emotional mm -hmm. meltdown. And John Lovitz is just watching from the side of the stage and he's just, he's losing his mind. And then his eyes bug out and I'm reaping the benefits. And then the curtain just like slowly closes over his face. It's so cartoony. He's hilarious. so weird, but like yeah. he's, that's just, he's so good at that like slime ball weirdo role. But yeah, anyways. He, he will forever be, uh, that character in Friends to me. Oh, the, 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 the like food critic or restaurant food, owner? Yeah, restaurant yeah. critic that goes and um, reviews Monica's restaurant or her food anyway. I think he comes to her, their apartment and he's high, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which makes him even more insane yes. somehow. Yes, yes. You didn't know there was like, you think you saw he had hit the ceiling and then he shows up high and you're like, oh, my. He Lord. has another movie called High School High where he's like a teacher. It's supposed to be like a spoof on um, Dangerous Minds that like 
oh, yeah. movie with Michelle Pfeiffer where she goes and teaches in like an inner city. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he's being like fricks, frisked by like a security guard or something. And I, I cannot forget this line. He just goes, you keep touching me like that and one of us is going to have an orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Anyways, we're talking about the wedding singer. Right, which is not mainly about John which is, Lovitz. Which is barely about John Lovitz. He's almost not in the movie. It, like, yeah. I think he's literally uncredited in the movie. <laughs> I don't think he has a credit, but um, yeah. You want to give us a, a synopsis of yes. this movie? So we meet the Sandman. The Sandman's mm-hmm. playing Robbie Hart, who is a local wedding singer, mm-hmm. notoriously nice man in this town. Um, he's singing for someone's wedding. He meets Drew Barrymore, who has just moved to town. She is a waitress at this wedding hall reception mm-hmm. area. And they meet. They're both getting married at separate points. You know, he's getting married the next week. She's getting married down the line. Her husband's or her fiance is kind of dragging his feet. So we cut to his wedding. His fiance leaves him at the altar or doesn't even show up. So he's left at the altar by himself. He's dealing with the fallout of that. And then as we go through the movie, he's kind of falling for Drew Barrymore's character, who is marrying a jerk, Glenn Gulia. Yes. um, Who is like his turn from like sort of dummy, like, you know, like, maybe well-meaning husband to just complete dirtbag is so fast yeah oh yeah because he's like you meet him and he's like hey i bought his tickets to vegas we can get married over the weekend i don't really want a big wedding and then like the next scene he's just like fuck it i'm a bad guy i cheat on my fiance and i'm a sleazeball dude (laughs) and just like oh okay that was pretty quick but so she's marrying this dirt ball and he's he's trying to be a better like he thinks what people want or what women want is like a successful man because he's just a local wedding singer that's why his fiance left him is he's not the success that she wants him to be Mm -hmm. so he tries to turn his life around and he realizes that that's not what she wanted like this drew barrymore is also starting to like him because he's him you know he gives this woman singing lessons and is paid in meatballs. Like he doesn't let her give her, give him money. She pays him in meatballs. Um, and so they have some miscommunications and will they get together at the end? Well, you'll have to find out by either listening to us or go watch the movie. That's right. If you haven't seen it yet. Yes. This is, um, also like, there are some weird scenes in it, you know, like the, the scene where like they're trying out wedding cakes for Drew Barrymore's wedding. And like, Adam Sandler turns around and there's just like a weird like witch looking woman who like opens her mouth and he's like, eh, oh like, yeah, and like what was that? I think it's like I like I think he can't help himself but do some like absurdist humor in his movies because uh-huh. it's Even like if it doesn't thread into the story right. whatsoever. She doesn't work yeah. there. She's not one of their friends. It's just like he turns around. He goes, "Who is she?" to like everyone else. <laughs> And so I think, like, he just can't help himself but do stuff like that in his movies. Mm -hmm. But besides that and, like, the weird, you know, curtain thing with John Lovitz, this is, like, his most sincere comedy, I think. Because there's not a lot of absurdist stuff to it. Yeah, I mean, it's mostly a a rom. Yeah, it's mostly a rom. For for Sandler, yeah. Yeah, and, like, in this time where, like, Happy Gilmore is out Mm -hmm. and Billy Madison... 
and the water boy were like all of those are like outside of reality almost they're so weird and this movie is like yeah you're right it it leans more on the rom than the com it's it's a lot of places but it's like really grounded in reality which is not something right. you can say yeah. about a lot of adam sandler comedies oh for sure he i feel like also i was thinking about it today and at least for the i haven't seen all of the sandler movies because uh i was too young for some of his comedy i think mm-hmm. at times and then and then after that it was like just too gross for me yeah. to handle um i one of my favorite rom-coms is 51st dates mm-hmm. which is another drew barrymore um sandler movie and that one is also more leaning on a rom than a com i wonder if it's drew barrymore is a good influence on him <laughs> she's just like yeah maybe yeah, you're not allowed to do this stuff in our movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's only so much shit I will be involved in. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but I was thinking about it, and although I haven't seen a lot of Sandler movies, like because he's ha- he has a lot yes. of stuff out there. Yes, is this one seems to be that he's actually the good guy mm-hmm. in, you know, in a '98 Sandler world. Like he's he's the sweet, sensitive person um versus other movies i've seen with him in it that he like he either wrote or directed or whatever um he is kind of like the maniac he, in the movie yeah, most he, of the time especially later on he seems to love to be either like the just the most offensive thing on the screen that's not really lovable yeah like he's just that's just like i'm the funny one by being just obnoxious and too much and offensive um versus this one he's just kind of like a normal dude yeah i feel like i mean there's not like a ton of outlandish characters in it but you're right he's like the straight man in the movie like he's you know he's Mm -hmm. he's doing funny stuff you know like he when he's when he immediately goes back to wedding singing after his fiance leaves him and he's yeah, that's just probably the, mo- the funniest scene to me in the movie is when he's singing depressed. He's singing Love Stinks <laughs> and just like yeah. at this wedding. Just, that scene is very funny. Also, Brian Posehn is one of the mutants at Table Nine. A uh, very tall comedian guy. Um, mm. But yeah, when he's just like, he's just expo- exposing about like how much love is harmful to people at this wedding and the the dad is just stewing <laughs> so that's a very funny scene but um yeah yeah but in in well there's the portion of the movie where he's sort of grieving his relationship with um linda who left yeah. him or didn't show up to the wedding he does a lot of his classic Sandler screaming at people. Oh, something that his... could have been drawn to my attention yesterday. Yeah, yeah. With his, that face that he does. Yeah. And he just like seems to be stretching his face like elongated yeah. while he's yeah. screaming. Um because like it's so funny. You like it with Sandler, at least for me, it's like I don't I don't think of him as like, oh, he has these like specific things that make him you know, that he sort of like got famous for right. and caught on to that and just held on. But then you watch a movie with him and, and you're like, oh no, that's a Sandler thing. He's going to hit the Yeah. 
and the Shabbat-Dee-Doo thing and the, you know like there's all these like little things that he's credited for mm-hmm. no Shabbat-Dee-Doo's in this movie though it's not I don't think he does a Shabbat-Dee-Doo in in the wedding singer you're probably right he does well he does a like when he's, oh, when he's like starting, almost there yeah when he starts singing love stings he does you know uh whatever the name of the bride and groomer he's like brian and and jenny are getting married what he do and so i think that's the closest <laughs> thing to a schlabity do that he does in it but yeah i mean it's it's a sandler movie you gotta yeah. hit the sandler tropes like mm-hmm. people paid money to see sandler be adam sandler you know what's another sandler trope What's that? Uh, transphobia. Uh, yes. I was hoping we were going to talk about this because... So Alexis Arquette mm-hmm. plays uh, the like backup singer slash piano player in his wedding band. Credit as George. Credit as George. And I will say, for a late 90s movie, the transphobia is relatively light, but it is present. Yes. Which is like... Yeah. As George is starting to play a song, people are kind of weirded out by just mm-hmm. her her presence. Mm-hmm. It seems to be like it's nothing more than just like, what's this thing doing there? Um, right. Well, and the whole the whole character. So the thing that's a little just to back up a little bit, the thing that's like that took me a minute to like understand what was happening is this movie was made and released in the late 90s, but it's set in the 80s. Yes. So they also use every single 80s card mm-hmm. that they have at hand yes. including a delorean there's a, there's a delorean like somebody has a flock of seagulls haircut like uh-huh. uh, alan covort is dressed in like the michael jackson red leather and like white glove outfit like it's yeah they really the idol is like one present. of the like most fun character in the last 15 oh minutes my god of the he movie. is yeah we'll get to it later he is a standout at the end of the yes. movie but so so um Alexis Arquette's character George is also dressed and sings like Boy George. Yes. And I don't know if they're trying to say that this character is Boy George or I, I try to read that in the credits and it says that it was like heavily inspired by Boy, Boy yeah. George, but it doesn't the movie is not trying to say that this, this character is, this is was, Boy George. Yeah, this was a young boy George. Yeah, before he became famous or right. something but um but you're right it's watching this movie in 98 was probably like oh this is accepting of the trans community yeah i mean somehow. like no like you know it's like no character outright is disgusted that that george is a you know either a transitioning person or a a, a man dressing as a woman however they were trying to portray it alexis arquette herself is a trans person or at least like somebody who did like had sexual reassignment surgery yeah and then eventually i mean the whole history of alexis arquette is like unfortunately really sad and complicated Complicated. Mm -hmm. um and they ended up having like an identity like a gender identity not crisis but like towards the end of their life were just wasn't sure how they felt because like growing up I think Robert is their real name, Robert Arquette, or their uh, their yeah, birth name. I don't recall. What should they say were their birth name, and then birthed. chose to go by Alexis Arquette because they identified as a woman. Mm-hmm. Then, as they were like in the latter years of their life, 
went decided that they weren't really sure how they identified and so kind of went back and forth but um yeah at right. this time alexis was alexis identified as a woman mm-hmm. and yeah like there's no character that just like is says something like hurtful about you know no they don't really speak to her and yeah. they don't and they don't like throw things at her but right. they definitely there's lots and lots of shots multiple in in multiple weddings because she ends up singing in multiple yeah. weddings um to kind of like either because they have the whole like uh boy george song thing that they do every time mm-hmm. and then there's another she <laughs> i thought it was really funny there's one of the times that she's trying to like cover for adam sandler who's like not coming back to stage where she just goes we're just gonna do it again mm-hmm. and then they sing the same song again <laughs> um but there's multiple shots of the audience being repulsed like at first at first they're like what the hell is this and then later on they're like disgusted slash shocked yeah I, or like, something but I they w- don't like cause her harm directly i wish like there hadn't been the stuff because like it's it's done for laughs like the fact that they are like repulsed by her is that sort of like you know thing where like the audience is supposed to kind of laugh because of course you're laughing like look at this this is ridiculous a man dresses a woman on stage sort of thing and i think like if they hadn't had this the shots of people being like oh my god oh sick Mm -hmm. and then like it's just that they're mad because she can only sing one song and she's been singing it theoretically three or four times at this point, then like, I don't mind that stuff so much. And just that, you know, that's a legit joke. Like that's fine. But instead it is, it is covered in like a layer of transphobia because they were Mm -hmm. uh, already not liking her because, you know, she is either a, a identifying as a woman, you know, in a male's, whatever like born as a male thing or they think she's a man dressed as a woman like whatever the the rationale for it in the mind of the movie filmmakers was it it is gross but like mm-hmm. yeah it's not like somebody you know calls her like tranny or like yeah no anything like that there's not harmful anti-trans language but the sentiment mm-hmm. is there yeah for sure and 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 sandler has done worse yes movies. so you're right to point out that for 98 and for a sandler movie it's probably pretty mild right but and it's still it's still there i wonder um, again i wonder if that's like drew barrymore putting him on his best behavior like she's just like that would be cool you're not allowed to like i'm sure you know i don't i don't know this about adam sandler and i don't like want to put this label on him of like being transphobic and just you mm. know like whatever i don't like i don't think that he would write a movie today and have like transphobic material in it mm. he's not dave chappelle um <laughs> so like yeah i i want to give him the benefit of the doubt but like i you know i do wonder like did somebody kind of put the kibosh on like yeah like mm-hmm. it's you will like, allow it to have them be kind of repulsed by her but you know like i'm not gonna be in a movie or have anything to do with the movie where people are just like saying nasty shit mm-hmm, to her mm-hmm. maybe yeah um i did read that uh the whoever wrote the script i forget his name but um oh frank karasi Karachi. uh-huh um 
request asked he must be friends with her but asked uh carrie fisher to like review his crypt hmm. and at least in the trivia bits on the imdb it like refers to that and the fact that she her task was to add more um what do you call like just more uh depth to the drew barrymore character oh, which nice. i found interesting and i wonder if that's also like the influence that you're talking about mm-hmm. of trying to like mitigate for the sandler slash yeah. possibly the frank karachi ness of it all um i mean i do but like I, I, sorry go ahead oh i was just gonna say it was to me it was interesting to read that bit that bit of trivia because I don't mind Drew Barrymore. I mean, like I said, I, I really like 50 First Dates. I yeah. think it's a fun movie. Um, I haven't seen lots with Drew Barrymore. There's only a few things and the things I've seen her in, it's fine. But uh, this character doesn't really say anything. Like, I don't know that I got a sense of her personality besides like being stuck in a bad relationship right which is not a personality trait <laughs> yeah yeah you're right i think like she's she her agency is basically like does she and like even like towards the end of the movie like she has a moment of like i don't think i want to marry glenn anymore and her mm-hmm. mom's just like no you do also shout out to mrs geller uh played oh, for Drew sure. mom in this too barely right. in the movie but also nice to see her um so like oh like her agency is almost like taken away from her because like you're supposed to marry a a rich man and he's charming and he's handsome and he has a lot of money and you know a lot of it is like through misunderstandings and like miscues but like ultimately she kind of doesn't have a lot of agency in this movie because Mm -hmm. like she's her entire identity is who she in love with. Mm-hmm. And that's like her whole th- arc through the movie is, is she in love with this guy that she's been with a long time? Who's a dirt bag. Mm-hmm. Or is she in love with Adam Sandler? Who's the hero of the movie? The, you know, yeah. like the only one. And only, like, and only because he's like, you know, kind of funny and will like listen to her when she's talking. <laughs> right. Low bar. Like it's, not, like, it's not a super high bar. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he is portrayed as like a very nice man you know like the whole singing lessons thing like everyone's in love with him in the town so like yes the movie is you know 96 minutes long or something so there's not like an extended scene of like him shoveling snow out of someone's uh driveway for free or like uh you know lifting a car off of a baby or something like that it's like you know he's he's like nice through reputation just of the other characters are like Oh, Robbie Hart's so nice. Oh my God, what a nice guy. Uh. Well, I think the thing that they put both of those characters, like the thing that makes more sense, most sense to me as a viewer of this rom-com and why Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler could match in this scenario is that they're both like hopeless romantic kind of um, archetype where like he... I mean, why they end up bonding is also because he's helping her plan her wedding because she's new to town and doesn't know anything. And he's been a wedding singer for like multiple years. So he like knows where to get the cheapest, best deal for flowers Mm -hmm. and like, like sort of navigate that whole thing. Um, 
and that's how they end up spending so much time together and while they're doing that like they bond but I feel like that's their main thing that they have in common Mm -hmm. and that you learn about each even both of those characters is that they they're really into that romanticized thing what did you think of their chemistry I think it's fine, mm-hmm. but I might be I might be tainted because I do like fifty first dates. I think in my mind they're already a combo that works fine. She, I mean, he's so like they are very good at playing. I don't know that that's the case in real life, but they're really good at playing the characters that it's like she's so a little bit shy, but it, the few times she like she has fairly good comebacks to the jokes, so like can kind of keep up with the jokes. Yeah. And he's the like a little bit harsh, like at first, kind of like harsh in first impressions, but like I don't know, sweet inside or whatever. I love that's the same in Fifty First Dates. Yeah, I love the scene of them together when they're talking to the photographer, and like she's like, "Oh, you know, you two are gonna make such a cute couple," and he's like, <laughs> and she's like, "Oh no, we're actually we're brother and sister," and then like, like he like punches her in the arm and she bites him in the arm she and bites like, him in the like full-on bite yeah. into the arm and they both like scream at each other because there's like ah i i i like that scene and i think like yeah that have, scene is really cute they have fun chemistry together mm-hmm. it's just like they don't like for a movie where it's about them falling in love because like so much of like the last like 40 minutes of the movie is like them kind of missing each other Mm-hmm. you know like he figures out he's in love with her then he goes to tell her but she's in her wedding dress and like she goes to find him he's in the city trying to find a like a banker job and then like she goes to see him again and his you know linda's there and so like the last like 40 minutes of the movie they like don't even like see each other right they don't even have a scene to get there until the very end right yeah. so like the the chemistry of it is so much reliant on like the first you know 45 50 minutes Mm -hmm. of the movie um that when they do eventually get together spoiler alert Mm. it's a movie from 1998 (laughs) it's i mean like i love that scene like it's you know it's it's cliched and you know like he goes to run after her because they're you know she decides that they're gonna go get married uh him her and glenn are gonna get married in vegas and so he goes after them. They end up on the same airplane. <clears throat> Billy Idol's also on the airplane. And he's so delightful. He is so fun. In that scene. <clears throat> when he's like explaining, uh, when, you know, like Adam Sandler is, excuse me, I don't know what's going on with my voice. <clears throat> when Adam Sandler's like explaining the whole situation about Glenn and Julia. And Billy Idol is like, <clears throat> Things are possessions to him, including, you know, women are possessions to him as well. And it's just like him philosophizing the whole thing was so good. (laughs) So good. It is so good. I really had, at first I was like, is it really? So it's funny because there's a, there's a scene earlier in the movie where someone is watching TV and one of Billy Idol's uh, music videos plays on the TV. Yeah. And in my mind, I was like, oh, it's another, you know, they take that eighties box, you know, like take the box but then they have him in the movie yeah. and I was like, oh my God, what a commitment. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm so glad they got him. I wonder if they like tried multiple artists and he's the only one. I, 
I mean, like, fun or something. I, but, I, you know, if they went through multiple ones and Billy Idol was the one who said yes, they're so lucky because he's so good in it. Yeah, Cause, no, he's you know, it's, money. It's so fun. Women of possessions to him too. It's just like he's so, and he's like down for it too. It's not like he's one of those people who's like, like for instance, in another Adam Sandler movie, Al Pacino is like famously in one of the really horrible Adam Sandler movies and he's so there for a paycheck and it's very uh-huh. clear that he's just like I don't fucking care like I'm just going to do this <laughs> stupid bullshit but like Billy Idol is there to play and he's like very much having fun mm-hmm. being in the movie Oh yeah for sure he like you're right he like sort of helps him talk through the process so so adam sandler ends up on drew barrymore's flight but he doesn't know that because he ends up getting a uh like an uh, like the only ticket that's open is a first class ticket yeah and drew barrymore and her fiance are in coach or or economy or whatever they call that right and and so there's a good chunk of that f- flight that's not very long i don't think but they they <laughs> that they don't know that they're on the same flight. And so he, yeah, Adam Sandler gets the, you know, some counseling <laughs> session with mm-hmm. everyone in first uh, class really, is like listening and like giving uh-huh. him advice. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally they realize that she's in the back. And so he like writes a song for her with Billy Idol's guitar Yeah, and then performs it. Sweet song too. It's yeah. It's very, um, yeah, I kind of forgot that Adam Sandler. Well, I, I shouldn't forget that because his Hanukkah song is on my Christmas playlist. But <laughs> right, like he actually knows how to play guitar, and like that's one of his. I mean, he's not like the best singer or the best guitarist, but it's like another talent that he has. And and there are a few movies of his where he ends up playing guitar on it, but this one I feel like is he he does it multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very like humble and sincere which does give him a lot of credit like it's super corny so if you're not into that you're not into that but if you are into corny it's like a really cute scene it's also nice that like in it like you know uh, his his voice is not great when he's singing Mm. the song and i think like that does speak to like the charm of it is that like it does Mm -hmm. feel a little more authentic because it's not like it's not a musical number that was done separately and then placed over the movie. Like he's singing yeah. it as he's doing it. And like, he sounds fine, but like fine is like the best, like there's a recorded version of it that he sounds better in, mm-hmm. but like in the movie, he's like doing it in the moment. Mm-hmm. And like, you could see a different actor who maybe has like a, like, you know, softer ego to be like, I have to redo that. Cause I don't think I sounded very good. And it's just like he sounds fine, but it is like you know. Yeah, but he sounds like a normal person yeah. who's not, you know, who's not a musician, not like, you know, a star or whatever, or really, really talented, but just like has just self-taught and and like tries and and just is okay, and yeah. that's fine. Like it's still really sweet. You don't have to be like the best singer ever. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and that's what I mean by like. There's. You're right. It's it feels a lot more authentic and and just like real i guess mm-hmm. so that that's very appreciated for that movie that does have some ridiculous parts right. but then it sort of like grounds you back into like a normal person behavior yeah. the uh, other thing i forgot to mention is at the beginning of the movie when he's at the first wedding steve buscemi plays the oh my god drunk brother 
who like is interrupting the wedding and what a gem just he's so funny at the beginning you know like he like <laughs> in the middle of like adam sandler's speech he starts playing the guitar and adam sandler's like oh he's got a guitar now and he's like yeah, world's greatest guitar player, self-taught, no lessons. Thanks, Dad. Yeah, he's like yelling, screaming at his father the whole time. But also, like Steve Buscemi, always has looked older. He like looks, I don't. He, he like he could be sixty now, <laughs> and he also could have been sixty in like the in this movie. Like it's yeah. weirdly. But then ageless. he's like screaming at his dad like he's a teenager and yeah. like being jealous of his brother who seems to be twenty years younger than him. Yeah. Like. <laughs> The part that really made me laugh in that scene is, you know, he's like just going nuts. And then like Adam Sandler, like takes control of the thing and he gives like this speech and there's just Steve Buscemi off the side. He goes, good wedding singer. <laughs> like, and so at the end of the movie, they go to Julia and Robbie's wedding mm-hmm. and Steve Buscemi is the wedding singer at their wedding. Right. Because he like switched careers yeah, in yeah. the middle of the movie. Yeah. So I like that. Cool. I like that turn for him. He got like yeah. a nice, uh, a nice happy ending for himself too. After being like a shithead, yeah, at the beginning of the movie. But yeah, also, um, Glenn Gulia, that whole thing with like Julia Gulia, uh-huh. that is also a Adam Sandler written joke. Yes, of course, <laughs> to make the name sound so stupid. Yeah. Oh, your name is gonna be Julia Gulia. What's mm. wrong with that? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, also, Christine Taylor is in this movie. She plays uh, Drew Barrymore's cousin. Oh yeah, the curly, curly head, curly haired blonde. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, she's great too. She was like in everything at yeah. that time. I feel like yeah. The 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 guy who plays Glenn Gulia, Matthew Glave, is so good at playing the skis ball. Oh my god, he's disgusting. <laughs> he's uh, currently in a TV show called The Rookie, where he's like a. Mm-hmm convict who's like trying to worm his way into getting less prison time by like helping the police in the show Mm -hmm. and so he's just he's always like a worm like he's but he's very good at it oh yeah he is very good at it i was trying to look at his imdb i feel like he's been in everything since like ever he's always popping up here and there and seeing him as the like complete sleazebag like and it's also very like '90s troping on the '80s, where he his job is like this vague, like Wall Street banker yes, yeah. thing. They don't really say why he does, but he'll just like randomly talk about stocks mm-hmm. and like and wears like a suit, and yeah. <laughs> it's like enough. Yeah. Uh, so Liza, out of five of Billy Idol's guitars, what would you give the Wedding Singer? Um, out of five Billy Idol guitars, I would give the wedding singer, uh, two. Okay. I think because like for- it's not getting a Adam Sandler movie zero, <laughs> but it's say, not as good as 50 first dates. For an Adam Sandler movie and especially like an Adam Sandler comedy, I feel like that is yeah. high praise from you. <laughs> Um, Although his stuff, I don't know. Well, I haven't seen Happy Gilmore. I'm sure I wouldn't like that. But it seems like his older stuff is possibly better than his newer stuff. I think like comedies. that's hard for me to fairly assess because like I think a lot of 
any sort of like attachment I have to like Billy Madison or Happy Gilmore mm-hmm. is nostalgia based because it's like something right. I grew up with. Yeah. And it's one of those things that I'd have a hard time saying, oh, you should watch that in your like 30s, you know, like mm-hmm. what a great mm-hmm. idea. You're going to love it, Liza. Of course. <laughs> I have no concept. So like I would love to say you might be right, but like. I, I'm not a fan of his newer movies. So, like, mm-hmm. I will say that I do have, like, some some nostalgia and, like, love for, like, some of his older movies. But I would never say, like, they're, they're like, stand, stand out above his newer stuff because I just can't fairly compare them. Yeah, that's fair. What about this movie? How many guitars do you I, give it? I mean, like, yeah, there's some, you know, the, the transphobic stuff is is worrisome and... Um, you know, like there's a, there's a few like gay jokes in it, you mm-hmm. know, like there's a part where, um, he like Christine Taylor wants to go out with Adam Sandler and like, she figures out that he really likes Drew Barrymore. So like they don't sleep together and like, uh, Glenn finds out about it and he says something like, Whoa, doesn't he, does he like, he likes women. Right. You know, like sort yeah. of like ew, he's not gay, is he sort of, Mm -hmm. like, thing. Mm -hmm. So there's a few jokes like that or lines like that. But overall, like, I have a lot of nostalgia for this movie. I just enjoy it a lot. So, like, I'm going to give it three and a half of Billy Idol's guitars, three full guitars and one broken in half guitar. Um, How rock and roll. Yeah. I, I... Love the last scene. I think the, the as soon as they get on the airplane, I think the movie is so fun. It's, mm-hmm. you know, like Billy Idol, the rest of the first class people just like chipping in is super fun. And that song is just really sweet. You know, like I, I think it's a genuinely sweet, good song. And so, yeah, I'll give it three and a half guitars out of five. Nice. Liza, you ready to talk to Fernando? Let's surprise Fernando. Let's surprise Fernando. Okay, we're sneaking into Fernando's house. He's playing his flute. (laughs) He doesn't hear us coming up behind him. Oh, no. Oh, no. Psst. Fernando. (sighs) Get out of here. Is that a, did a bat fly in? What was that? No, it's Psycho. Oh, it's Psycho. It's a, re, it's a re, knife re, in re, my hand. Re, oh, okay. <laughs> bat fly. I had I had the music over the the zoom screen, so I couldn't see you stabbing Fernando. Oh. So oh. I heard re re, and I was like, did a like a it sound like a bat? Mm. I apologize. Well, you should because my voice, my sound box voice is perfect perfect <laughs> okay well actually fernando did not get stabbed he's okay oh uh liza let's surprise him with a surprise prize what is the surprise prize okay are you ready ready this is gonna be quick and sweet quick and sweet yeah you know that saying mm-hmm. it's a question for you andrew Oh, okay great if you had to have a job, like a wedding job, working at weddings, which job would it be and why? I have some options for okay, you to great. pick from. 
Would you be the photographer, the flower person, the band, and if so, what kind of band? The caterer, the invite designer, like it's a thing still. Okay, yeah. Or the day of coordinator. Hmm. So I will say that I have done various jobs at weddings before. Oh, I have been a, so you have, you have pre-qualifications. Yes, I have been a bartender at a wedding. Mm. I have uh, been an MC at a wedding. Nice. And I've never catered a wedding. And I've never, I'm not in a band and I cannot play an instrument. Mm. But you could DJ. I could DJ. I think that's my answer. Like of those <laughs> options... I'm going to make up an answer that you did not give, and I'm going to choose that one. <laughs> I was kind of hoping you'd say that. I wrote band, but then I was like, he's probably going to say DJ. Wow. <laughs> you know me so well. Um, yeah, I think I'd probably do that. I mean, like, I really enjoyed emceeing a wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, I made people kind of mad <laughs> at a certain point because, like, I was doing the, you know, like, table table seven is time to go get your food and... Mm-hmm. You know, like table eight, you're up next. And one of the tables towards the end, I kind of teased and I was like, you know, table 11, it's your turn and table 12, keep waiting. And like, <laughs> I think it was like, I thought I was being funny. And like, I think like everybody who had their food thought it was kind of funny, but table 12 was, was hungry. hungry and did not think my joke was funny. That's a bummer. I mean, did anybody at t- table 12 know you? uh probably at least like one person so maybe they kind of okay. maybe they kind of chuckled but also were like i just want to go get my food man Can oh I? well that's a bummer yeah i mean it's it was like, like a... it was not my rules i was it was not like i was dictating it was like the caterers were, de- were specifically please only let one table up at a time and like uh-huh. that was well established when i before i started doing my getting my yucks off but <laughs> Was that the only thing you had to do as an MC is just no, announce the tables? It, it was like, you know, moving on from this activity to the next one or like announcing the first dance. Um, mm. You know, like when the couple like, you know, after the ceremony, like introducing the couple, that sort of thing. So like, oh, okay. Like, I've only been to like two weddings in my lifetime and mm-hmm. I, n- neither of them had MCs. So that's why I asked, like, what, what do you so do? Must have been like bad weddings then. Well, I won't say. (laughs) (laughs) One of them, uh, my first American wedding. uh, Well, I guess I've been to three weddings. One in France when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. And then, um, but I don't remember a lot of that. And then my first American wedding, uh, I showed up as a guest. And Uh uh, I I was actually someone's plus one. But the 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 person, the my boyfriend of the time, was in the was one of the groom people. Okay. Um. So I already knew that I was gonna spend most of my time like likely kind of by myself yeah. and or with people I didn't know very well. But then I showed up and uh, they handed me an iPod and they were like, "Here, you're doing music." 
that's the sort of thing you should know beforehand like yeah and also like the music during the ceremony and i was like during the ceremony i thought that was important isn't this important (laughs) shouldn't this be going to somebody who uh knows knows what they're doing And they were like, no, it's fine, it's fine. There's already a playlist. You just have to press play on the playlist. Right. And I was like, and then, like okay. She starts walking down the aisle and like Johnny Cash's hurt comes on or something. Sorry. I hurt and then you myself. hear the like you remember the yeah. old like, like the click wheel shuffle, like Yeah. Like you could hear it like toggle through. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm a creep. <laughs> <laughs> And the tears and I'm toxic. You're slipping. No, it's like no, Liza. No, oh sorry, sorry, sorry. It was a playlist. You had one job, and I was like, I didn't even interview for this job. <laughs> that is very fucked up. That they would like. I mean, like, I'm almost expecting that like your your past boyfriend was like. It was almost like a request of like I don't want her to be stuck with like just not doing something, you know, like and like maybe like thinking maybe they wanted like you gotta give her something to do, right? And so like almost like out of like a favor to you, like I don't want her to get stuck talking to people she doesn't want to talk to. So like maybe if she has like something to do, yeah. and then like they just were like uh in like you know the whatever the mania of the wedding just caught on. They're like oh you uh, play the music. Uh. Uh, yeah, it. I mean, I'm. I don't have like, you know, I'm not angry at it sure. or anything. Yeah. I just think it was such a funny situation that I was not expecting. Also, I vaguely remember also not being able to sit down because of how it was set up and mm-hmm. where the music was. I had to. I like stood next to the iPod in the back of the ceremony, uh-huh. and so and it was really long. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I remember just sort of standing there in uncomfortable wedding shoe, you know, heels or whatever, and being like, "What the fuck? I want to mm. sit." Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, so, I yeah. I've never been at a wedding with an MC. That's interesting. Hmm. They were all. Well, I don't know. That particular one was fairly small, I think, in wedding world. Yeah. The wedding that I was an MC at, I mean, there was at least 12 tables. So Yeah, which is a lot. Yeah. What? How many tables were at the one that you and I went together? Hmm. That one... Probably like eight or ten tables. That seems right. That yeah. seems right. We were at the same table, so we didn't have to pay attention to we anybody to else. We were the other best tables. table That's in right. town. That's right. <laughs> and my date was very handsome for that one. That's true. Yeah. I mean, Dylan is always handsome, but this time around. Couldn't make it that time, so. <laughs> I know. Yeah. This time, this other person was also handsome. Yes. Yes. Um, speaking of handsome people. The people Mm -hmm. who are uh, subscribers to our Patreon, very handsome. And if you want to be known as super handsome, you can subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com slash goodtalkstudio. You become- If you're not already handsome, you can follow us on Instagram. That's right. (laughs) At throwback to school. That also adds to your handsome cred. That's right. And uh, I don't know. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, bubba. Bye, 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 bye.